Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I am your host, Maurice Phipps, and this episode is being recorded on Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. Now, we don't have as much news as last week to cover, especially because we're not dealing with, you know, as, as much free agency shenanigans as we are last week, but we still have a decent amount of news to cover. So without further ado, let's get right into it. This is actually my first take. Usually I do a few takes to make sure the audio is right, um, but my intro went off went off without a hitch, so we're just going to keep on going until I mess up, and then eventually I'll get a chance to review the audio un- unless, you know, I don't mess up. <clears throat> anyway, let's start off this week's news with giving a full Olympic recap, including the medal, including, eh, excuse me, the medal count. So, um, I remember two weeks ago, I said that I would update you guys weekly with the uh, the medal winners from Team USA, and then it got out of hand because I couldn't, you know, accurately decipher which ones I had already said, and so it would just get messy. So I'm going to include every single medal winner for Team USA, uh, this podcast, this episode. But before we do that, I would like to turn you guys' attention to the medal count. So um, throughout the entire Olympics, it's basically been um, a two-way brawl between the United States and China to see who would come up with the most medals. Um, China was leading for a majority of the Olympics until the final few days in which the United States really um, shrank the, the, the gold medal lead. And so... Um, in third place with the uh, medal count is the host country of Japan with 27 gold medals, 14 silver medals, and 17 bronze, totaling up to 58 medals in total. In second place is China with 38 gold medals, 32 silver, and 18 bronze medals, totaling up to 88. And in first place um, is the United States with 39 gold medals, 41 silver medals, and 33 bronze medals, totaling up to 113 medals in total. So congratulations to all of those athletes um, from any country who medaled or who even participated in this year's Olympic Games. Um, now is the hard part. So I'm going to go through every single – hold on, give me one – Second, I'm going to go through every single gold, silver, and bronze medal won by Team USA. And I'm going to list them off because all of these athletes uh, deserve to be acknowledged in some shape or form. And I, I just feel like I should give these people their, uh, you know, their props for, for making it that far and potentially even, you know, meddling because it is... I don't, I don't care what you say. It's it's very difficult to uh, medal in the Olympics, obviously, uh, to even make the Olympics, let alone medal. So um, some of these I've already, you know, stated previously, but just bear with me because I'm going to list the entirety of the uh, medals won by Team USA. To start off, we have a gold medal won by women's 3x3 three three basketball. Congratulations to them. We have a gold medal in uh, women's artistic gym. gym Excuse me. Women's artistic gymnastics, uh, the all around. We have a gold medal in women's floor gymnastics. We have a silver medal in women's artistic team all around gymnastics, uh, a silver medal in women's vault, a bronze medal in women's balance beam and a bronze medal in uneven bars. Moving on to track and field athletics, we have a gold medal in the men's four by 400 meter relay. The gold, the gold medal in men's shot put, including a uh, two Olympic records that were set by the gold medal win- winner. Um, so congratulations to him. We have a gold medal won in women's 4x400 m- meter relay, uh, a gold medal and a world record, I believe, um, in women's 400 meter hurdles, a gold what ah, I can't speak, a gold medal won in women's 800 meters a gold medal one one. I'm trying to say gold medal one and woman, and it's not working out. <clears throat> a gold medal one in women's discus, a gold in women's pole vault, a silver in men's 100 meters, a silver in men's 110 meter hurdles, a silver in men's 200 meters, a silver in men's 400 meter hurdles, a silver in men's pole vault, a silver in men's shot put, a, wim- a silver in women's 100 meter hurdles, a silver in women's 3,000-meter 3, steeplechase, 
I think that's the one with the water, if I'm not mistaken. Um, a silver in women's four by 100 meter relay, a silver in women's 400 meter hurdles. This is gonna take a while if you, uh, just just in case you, you, you guys didn't know. A, uh, a silver in a women's long jump, a silver in women's shot put, a bronze in men's 200 meters, a bronze in men's 5,000 meters, a bronze in the mixed four by 400 meter relay, a bronze in women's 200 meters, a bronze in women's 400 meters, a bronze in women's 800 meters, and a bronze in women's marathon. <clears throat> Moving away from track and field athletics to baseball, we had the men um, achieving silver in uh, baseball, which I didn't actually, so I think this year was the first year that baseball was brought back to the Olympics, which is interesting because unlike basketball, you know, the Olympics is right in the middle of MLB season. It's it's dead smack in the middle. And so you didn't have any professional MLB players playing for Team USA or, or Team South Korea or Team Japan. And so I found that very interesting. Maybe the MLB could potentially one day implement an Olympic break um, in between some of these seasons because it's not like the Olympics happens every year. It'd be every four years, you know, so we can end up sending our best. I don't know. Um, that's just something that I think would be potentially interesting. Uh, moving on from baseball into basketball, both the men's and women's Team USA teams took home gold. Congratulations to them, especially the men. Uh, hold on. Especially the men because, you know, going into the exhibition games, we were expecting dominance, and then they lose their first two exhibition games. They lose one game of pool play, and then it's suddenly, oh, is Team USA even going to medal? Um I just want to say I never had a doubt in my mind that Team USA, the men's Team USA team, would uh would end up with the uh, the gold medal. Especially not having a doubt in my mind about the women's. I knew for a fact that they would come home with the gold. Um, they're just leagues above everyone else in, in terms of talent. Um, <clears throat> moving away from basketball entirely, we have uh, beach volleyball. A gold medal was won in women's beach volleyball. Moving to boxing. It's going to take a while. A silver in men's featherweight boxing, a silver in men's lightweight boxing, a silver in men's super heavyweight boxing, and a bronze in women's welterweight boxing. Um, I'm interested to find out how, how how does boxing go in the Olympics because they don't have adequate time to rest between fights. I wonder how many like fights actually are there, how many people um, compete and, you know, um, actually qualify because it's not like some of these other sports where it's it's a non-contact sport. Boxing is clearly a contact sport. It's a physical sport. You're fighting. So um, the rest the, the the rest between each fight must be minimal because it has to fit within a, a certain time frame. So it must be brutal. So congratulations to all of them. We have a gold medal in women's 200-meter canoe sprint. We have two silver medals in Excuse me. We have one silver medal in men's synchronized three-meter springboard diving and one silver medal in women's synchronized 10-meter platform. Congratulations to them. We also have a bronze medal in women's springboard, uh, three-meter springboard diving. We have a silver medal in equestrian team dressage. Uh, dress, dressage? Dressage? I don't know what that is. Congratulations to them. Uh, we also have a silver medal in team jumping equestrian as well. For fencing, we have a gold medal in women's individual foil and a bronze medal in men's team foil. For freestyle BMX, we have a silver medal uh, in women's BMX freestyle park. For golf, Team USA takes home, takes home two uh, gold medals for both men's and women's individual. Uh, we take home a bronze medal in men's kata, which is karate. Um, I don't know how, I don't know what they judge the karate based off of because it, when I was um, I was flipping through the channels, and it seemed to be just like they're doing, uh, like poses. So I don't, I don't know. There's so many Olympic sports. I don't necessarily know how that one uh, works, but I would be interested to find out. You know, so many, so many sports, and uh, not very much time to actually ever, you know, watch all of them. Especially because Japan is, I think, like. Eight, eight or 12 hours ahead of us. So when they're, you know, competing, I'm typically asleep. 
just interesting, interesting. Um, shooting, men's 10-meter air rifle, gold medal. Men's skeet shooting, gold medal. Women's skeet shooting, a gold medal. We took home a silver medal in mixed 10-meter air rifle. Took home another silver medal in women's trap shooting. And a bronze medal in mixed team trap shooting. We took home two bronze medals in skateboarding, including men's park and men's street skateboarding. Um, the U.S. women, the U.S., women national team for soccer took home a bronze medal for uh, this year's Olympics. So congratulations to them. Women's softball took home a silver medal. Um, men's climbing took home a silver medal. We took home, oh my goodness, this is a lot of goals and uh, back to back to back. Um, we took home a gold medal in women's shortboard surfing, a gold medal in men's 100 meter butterfly, men's 100 meter freestyle. This is swimming now. Uh, men's 1500 meter freestyle, men's 4x100 meter freestyle relay, men's 4x100 meter medley relay, men's 400 meter individual medley, men's 50 meter freestyle, men's 800 meter freestyle, women's 100 meter breaststroke, women's 1500 meter freestyle, and women's 800 meter freestyle. All of those are gold medals, and that's for swimming. Now for silver, we have the men's 200 meter backstroke, the men's 400 meter individual relay, the women's 1500 meter freestyle, the women's 200 meter backstroke, the women's 200 meter butterfly, the women's 200 meter individual medley, the women's 4x100 medley relay, the women's 4x200 freestyle relay, the women's 400 meter freestyle, and the women's 400 meter individual medley. All of those are silver medals. Now, to wrap up the bronze for swimming, Whew, told you this was going to take a while. We have the men's 100-meter backstroke, the men's 400-meter freestyle, the women's 100-meter backstroke, the women's 100-meter breaststroke, the women's 200-meter breaststroke, the women's 200-meter butterfly, the women's 200-meter individual medley, the women's 4x100-meter freestyle relay, and the women's 400-meter individual medley. Oh, my goodness. We took home so many uh, medals for swimming. Jesus. <clears throat> Again, <laughs> I didn't bring a drink in here, so pardon me for pausing. I don't know why. I, I've been doing this for how long, and I don't remember to bring a, a damn drink every time I record. <clears throat> Moving on. We took home a gold medal in women's 57-kilogram Taekwondo. Congratulations to her. Um, took home a gold medal in women's track cycling, women's omnium, and a, a bronze medal in women's team pursuit. Uh, for triathlons, we have a silver medal in mixed relay and a bronze medal in women's triathlon. Uh, the women's volleyball team took home a gold medal. The women's water polo team also took home a gold medal. For weightlifting, uh, women's 76 kilograms took home a silver medal. And we took home a bronze in women's 87 kilograms and up. Whew. Now, to our final category of medals. So our final category of medals before we move on to other news. In men's freestyle 125 kilogram wrestling, we took home a gold medal, as well as men's freestyle 86 kilogram wrestling and women's freestyle 68 kilogram wrestling. We took home a silver medal in men's freestyle 97 kilogram wrestling, as well as 76 kilogram freestyle. And to conclude, the Team USA medal count, we took home four bronze medals in men's freestyle 57 kilogram wrestling, men's freestyle 74 kilogram wrestling, women's freestyle 50 kilogram wrestling, and women's freestyle 57 kilogram wrestling. So, congratulations to all of the athletes that made it to the Olympics, that um, competed at the Olympics, that won a medal, that won bronze, silver, or gold. Um, shout out to them. I know it means a whole bunch to them, and it means a whole bunch to the spectators to watch you guys perform and do what you guys do. So, congratulations. Now, um, this podcast is, you know... If you were to tell someone that this podcast would somehow survive through two waves of a pandemic, you know, that, that someone would say that's impressive. I would say I don't know how I did it um, <laughs> because, 
you know, I try, I try to be as consistent as possible with these episodes. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, but, yeah, I'm very happy to uh, have made it this far uh, so far. And I just, you know, wrapped up covering my uh, my first ever Olympics. So there, there's that. Um, speaking of future Olympics, um, the next two Olympics set up in line are Beijing 2022 for the Winter Olympics and Paris 2024 for the Summer Olympics. So uh, if this podcast is around for both Beijing and Paris, you bet your ass I will be covering both of them. But enough about the Olympics. The Olympics have come and they have went. Congratulations to all the athletes once again. We're now going to talk about UFC 265. Now, I didn't give this, I didn't give UFC 265 any type of coverage in uh, my last episode, frankly, because I just forgot it was going to happen. Um, I forgot it was going to happen for two reasons. One being that the main event, um, I didn't particularly care for, especially because of the circumstances in which they, uh, you know, it's, it's been set up. And number two, uh, the co-main event actually had to be postponed. I'm not necessarily sure why. Um, I think it was due to an injury on Amanda Nunez's part. But anyway, let's recap the um, the main event of UFC 265. I didn't necessarily care for any of the uh, fights beforehand, especially knowing that uh, Amanda Nunez was supposed to face off against Juliana Pena to defend one of her titles, and we actually didn't get that fight. So, whatever in, in terms of that. But moving on to the the main event, Cyril Gaon defeated Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis, in a very very convincing victory to win the interim heavyweight championship. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you heard what I just said, I said he won the interim heavyweight championship. Now. How how why why did he win the interim heavyweight championship? Why didn't he win the heavyweight championship? Well, if we go back, if we go back, if we go back to Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou, number two, um, that was March twenty seventh of of this year. I don't know why Dana White decided to put this title. Um, that this I don't Dana White essentially said to Francis Ngannou that he's going to have to be much more active in order to you know have his heavyweight title undisputed even though you know he he just came off of fighting Stipe Miocic for two rounds he didn't take much damage but I mean he still fought uh, for for around and a minute into the second round. So I can understand why he wants to take a little bit of time off um, and, you know, rehab his body to make sure that he's, you know, primed and ready for the title offenses. Now, what also boggles my mind about why this was made an interim heavyweight championship fight is because there have been rumors and talks and speculation and buzz and chatter and all of those good and nice words about John Jones moving up to challenge Francis Ngannou for that heavyweight championship. Why in the hell Dana White would partic- would would ever jeopardize that and have potentially either one of Cyril Gaon or Derek Lewis potentially take that title away from Francis Ngannou and rob us of the John Jones fight? I have no idea. It's not like Francis Ngannou is even uh, he's he's not even inactive. He's very he he was very active. He was knocking everybody the fuck out for like six fights in a row. Actually, I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna get his actual like record. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull his record up. I'm gonna pull his record up. Come on, where's his? Come on, load, load. See, if I was any if I was any skilled with. Uh, Audacity, that's the program I use to record. I would pause this and then wait for it to load. Um, unfortunately, I still barely know how to work it. Um, so, yeah, you're just going to have to deal with me talking until I can actually pull up the record. Here it is. No, it's not because it doesn't want to load. All right. Okay. 
All right, finally he put, okay, finally, finally, finally. All right, so these are, <clears throat> these are Francis Ngannou's last seven fights. You know, um, Francis Ngannou beat Stipe Miocic two rounds and within um, one minute into the second round. Uh, Francis Ngannou beat Jarzinho Rosenstrike 20 seconds into the first round. Francis Ngannou beat Junior Dos Santos a minute and 11 seconds into the first round. Francis Ngannou beat Cain Velasquez 26 seconds into the first round. Francis Ngannou beat Curtis Blades 45 seconds into the first round. And then we get Francis Ngannou's back-to-back -back losses against Derek Lewis coming after his loss to Stipe Miocic, uh, the original one for the title. He lost to Stipe Miocic by decision um, because his his ground game just wasn't up to par and Stipe, you know, dominated the entire fight. He lost his next fight to Derek Lewis because he essentially was, he, he, he wasn't mentally prepared for the loss to Stipe Miocic. And so that, that severely affected him in his fight against Derek Lewis. He's on a five-fight win streak, all of which have ended before the second round concluded. I don't, I don't get why, I don't get why we aren't, you know, giving this man at least a little bit of time to rehab and celebrate his his championship before, you know, immediately putting it on the line and and interim status. I mean, what are what are we doing, Dana? What what are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. I disagree with this even being a fight that was this. Honestly, if it weren't for the if it weren't for the unfortunate mishaps between the Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena fight, I would have much rather that fight be the main event and this fight be the co-main because I not only not only was it is it a head scratching fight that Dana made. It was just not a good fight at all. Cyril Gunn barely took any damage. I don't even think Derek Lewis landed more than five punches. I'm not being facetious. I'm being so serious. Derek Lewis absolutely couldn't get any offense going at all. Cyril Gunn was so much more athletic and he 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 kept them out of his range and he made it so that Derek Lewis could not just he he couldn't generate any offense. Um so yeah, whenever whenever Cyril Gunn and uh, Francis Ngannou step into the cage. I will definitely be looking forward to that because it's definitely not going to go how this Derek Lewis fight went. Francis Ngannou is, as we saw by the Stipe match, he's 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 so much better on on the ground and he's so much better as a grappler and his his hands are just unmatched in the UFC. So hopefully we get that fight relatively soon. And then after that, we can move on to John Jones in the heavyweight discussion. Finally, because he's taken a he's a John Jones is very serious about moving up to heavyweight and, to, and and taking over the heavyweight division. He's very very serious because we haven't heard from him in I don't know how long. You look at John Jones two years, two and a half years ago, and look at him now. He's gained uh, he's gained so much muscle. So hey. Hopefully we get to see John Jones in the, in the in the heavyweight division soon because that's if 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 that's not a, a ticket selling name I don't know what is. Moving on to a little bit of more UFC news. UFC 266 is confirmed September 25th. Alexander Volkanovski will face off against the number two ranked featherweight Brian Ortega for his championship and the co-main to that pay-per-view. We'll have Valentina Shevchenko facing off against number three ranked women's flyweight Lauren Murphy for their, her Valentina Shevchenko's championship. And in our final little piece of UFC news, uh, Kamaru Usman and Kobe Covington too. It is confirmed and it is set to be is rumored to be set sometime in November. Um, if you guys saw Kamaru Usman versus Kobe Covington one, you know what a fucking great fight that was, and I. I I'm almost upset the fact that I had to watch it on YouTube and I couldn't watch it live because I was, I would say, just before I became a, a UFC fan, literally just before I became a UFC fan. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be one hell of a fight. I'm looking forward to it. 
Uh, it's rumored sometime in November. Hopefully, we can get it before then, potentially in October, because you know we we know we know how Usman's doing. I don't believe Kobe Covington's had a has Kobe Covington had a fight since. I don't know, maybe, but without a doubt, two of the best welterweights in the division right now. So that's going to be a, a fantastic fight. Moving on from UFC and to uh, soccer news. So I didn't cover this last week, frankly, because it flew under my radar. Um, but soccer is the biggest sport in the world. So I don't understand how it flew under my radar. Um, but I'm going to recover it anyway. Um, Messi, Lee, Lee. give me one second. Give me one second. I don't want to mess this up. <clears throat> like Lionel Messi has left Barcelona and has signed with Paris Saint-Germain. Now, if you are from the United States, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'll fill you in. So Lionel Messi is, I would say, um, widely regarded as the greatest uh, football player of all time. Yes, I'm going to refer to it as football uh, for now. I'm not going to. You'll you'll know you you'll know what I'm talking about. You know I'm not talking about American football. Um, but Lionel Messi is regarded as the greatest football player of all time. He has been with Barcelona for his entire career. I asked some people. I asked some people was there was there any type of was there any comparison that can be drawn to uh, Lionel Messi leaving Barcelona and they said none. The closest thing I got was if uh, Michael Jordan left the Bulls in the middle of uh, their their second three-peat to go and play for the Celtics or something like that. And even then, uh, people were saying that that's still not a fair comparison because uh, Messi means so much more to the sport of football. And so, hey, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a big uh, football guy. I'm not a big soccer guy, but I mean it, it's news. <laughs> Uh, him signing with Paris Saint-Germain is big news, though, because P PSG has so many big names. They have uh, Kylian Mbappe. They have Neymar Jr. They now have uh, Messi again. I believe Di Maria plays for PSG. These are all notable names in soccer, if you guys are not aware. So, um, unfortunate to see Messi leave Barcelona especially you know he's he's he spent his whole career there um, I know there is a, a a bit of him that 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 didn't want to leave but from what I understand they they just couldn't afford to to pay him his salary so hey I'm all for players getting exactly what they're owed I'm all for players getting you know as much money as possible um, so congratulations to him and uh, congratulations to to PSG for landing such a a high value um, free agent. Now, moving on to NBA news. I, I guess I'll I guess I'll fill this in right now since I'm already talking about uh, free agents. Now, on the last episode, I laughed at Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> and I wanna I wanna clear something up. Dennis Schroeder did a brave thing by betting on himself. Unfortunately, he did it at the wrong time. So I'm sure you guys are aware, if you, especially if you watched the last episode, uh, Dennis Schroeder gave up a four-year, $84 million contract from the Lakers um, in hopes of pursuing a upwards of $100 million contract. He now has not gotten anywhere near that and is rumored to – I don't think he's rumored. I think he has – like it's been confirmed that he's signing for the Lake to signing to the Clippers. No, not the Clippers, the Celtics. He signed into the Celtics on some sort of minimum deal. I think it's one year, $5.9 million. As 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 much as as much as I want to laugh at uh, Dennis Schroeder, I think there's a valuable lesson to be learned from uh, this entire ordeal. Number one, when I when I when I when I do make fun of uh, Dennis Schroeder, you know, bag fumbled shit like that, 
Um, it's never out of a place of malice. And I hope that everyone uh, realizes that. And at the end of the day, he's still making $6 million a year to play basketball. He's living a life I dream I could wish up. I, I, I dream I could live. You know what I'm saying? So the the it's it's just it's it's never out of any it's never ever never out of a place of malice within my heart to just you know discredit and you know belittle a player's situation because to Dennis Schroeder he genuinely believed that he was worth upwards of a hundred million dollars uh, in terms of a contract and honestly this year. This 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 should serve to Dennis Schroeder as a very humbling experience. Um, to necessary to uh, for him to always 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 he's he, this is something that he's gonna tell his kids about if he ever has kids he's gonna tell them about how he messed up quote messed up and 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 got too big for his his jeans and you know squandered away what could have been a lot more money. But he's going to – when the time comes, he's going to look at this and he's going to say, you know what, I'm glad it happened because it taught me something. It taught me that, you know, sometimes the world is going to humble you. And it taught me that, hey, sometimes when you bet on yourself and you lose, you just got to deal with it. But to Dennis Schroeder, I believe that I – truly, I truly believe this. I believe that him betting on himself was worth way more than any monetary – uh, contract that he could have received from, you know, from the Lakers that wasn't within his his standard for himself. So, I know again, I know I've joked on Dennis Schroeder last last week, and I know social media has been at his neck, uh, rightfully so though. I, let's 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 not get it. Let let's 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 not get it misconstrued. It's a funny it's a funny situation. It's it's a funny situation. And it's only a funny situation because it has somewhat of a happy ending because it's not like he's just not getting any offers. He he got an offer and he took it. You know, it's a funny situation, but um, just wanted to, you know, just wanted to bring that up because maybe potentially last episode it could have came off as a little bit of mean-spirited towards Dan Schroeder, and that was never my intention at all. So. Um, congratulations to Dennis Schroeder for signing his contract with the Celtics. And who knows, the Celtics are in desperate need of a point guard anyway. So, hey, he plays up the standard. Then, you know, we, we, we might see a team throw a, 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 a five-year, $90 million contract to him, $95 million, potentially somewhere closer than to the, the, the amount of money he was expecting this, uh, this offseason. Now, speaking a little bit more on free agency, the NBA has started an investigation um, on potential tampering with the Bulls as well as the Miami Heat um, based on the two transactions that were made um, essentially right at the start of free agency. Now, um, hey, NBA, tampering happens. It's not going to go away, and you have to stop picking and choosing what's tampering and what's not because we've all speculated that the Bulls were going to pick up Lonzo Ball. And we've all speculated that the the Miami Heat were, you know, trying to pick up Kyle Lowry. If I'm not mistaken, Kyle Lowry was in trade talks last season in, uh, before the, the, uh, the trade deadline. He, he was, you know, it was, it was almost a foregone conclusion that Kyle Lowry would either be traded to the Miami Heat or he would sign with the Miami Heat in the offseason. Lonzo Ball also was in trade talks for a good portion of last season. So I don't necessarily know what you're going to uh, investigate in terms of this being tampering, especially because these are two players that, one, have had value set for uh, at least a, at least two years now. Lonzo, Lonzo Ball's value has been a little bit tricky, but um, his, his value has been, you know, in question for at least two years now, so there have have been talks about what he's worth, and Kyle Lowry. I feel like I've I feel like I've heard Kyle Lowry in trade trade talks so many times over the years. Is it is it just me? I don't know. Um, anyway, let's also move. Let's just move away from the the tampering thing because, at, in my opinion, it's it's just. <sighs> 
it's 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 dumb. Uh, but let's grade some of these uh, NBA teams and in their free agency moves now. Am I going to grade every team? Yeah, I'm going to grade every. All right, we're going to grade every single team's free agency moves. And we're going to do it this episode. Um, I actually wasn't even planning on doing this. It's not on my show notes, and I'm not going to write it on my show notes. But you know what? We're, we're going to do it anyway if this damn thing would load. All right, so let's start with the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, if I am not mistaken, haven't really done much this agency besides sign Dennis Schroeder. Now, Dennis Schroeder is a very capable starting point guard. Um, he start on, I'd say, at least half of the teams in the league um, that you know don't have a point guard or are lacking the point guard position. Other than that, I can't think of any notable moves they've made, um, both positive or negative, for this uh, offseason besides the Dennis Schroeder move. And that was a, a step in the right direction, especially seeing as, you know, that point guard position has has needed to be filled for some time since the absence of Kyrie Irving. Uh, they really, really regret letting go of Terry Rozier when they did. So uh, for the Boston Celtics, I'm going to give them a B minus. Um, not the craziest move ever that they made. I do want to applaud Danny Ainge. No, not Danny Ainge. I do want to applaud Brad Stevens because he's the new general manager of the Celtics. Um, I do want to applaud Brad Stevens for recognizing the the Dennis Schroeder shenanigans wouldn't happen and signing him on a veteran minimum. That's a that's a great move by him. Fantastic move. Um, moving on to the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to rate them. The only notable free agency signing. Okay, no, there are two. There are two free agency things that uh, we can uh, point at to the Brooklyn Nets. They lost Spencer Dinwiddie, which is a bigger deal than I think some people have made it out to be. Uh, especially because when we looked at Spencer Dinwiddie when he was healthy, he was basically a, a backup twenty point per game scorer. Uh, I think he was coming off the bench to Karis LeVert and Kyrie Irving. That uh, yeah yeah the Nets had a very 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 good backcourt uh, two seasons ago. So they lost Spencer Dinwiddie, who coming off the bench provides a spark, provides energy, provides great offense off the bench. And they picked up Patty Mills from the Spurs. Now, Patty Mills, Patty Mills has always been a, a fairly good NBA player. Um, does he fit with the Brooklyn Nets? We shall see. Um, I think that I think that Patty Mills is a bit of a step down from Spencer Dinwiddie in terms of, excuse me, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is younger, and Spencer Dinwiddie also, I would say, is probably a better scorer than Patty Mills. I don't think that's too much of a hot take. Um, but the Brooklyn Nets, um, seeing the veteran in Patty Mills and securing him from the Spurs is definitely an admirable move. So overall, I'll give them losing Spencer Dinwiddie is a minus, but um, gaining Patty Mills is a, is, is a plus. So I'll give them... Uh, a, a B. I'll give them a B because they, they didn't regress too too much. Now the Knicks. Originally, I was harsh on the Knicks for signing so many so much guard talent. I know that the the Knicks basically their biggest weakness was guard talent, but now that I look at it, you know their 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 starting guards were not up to par, especially when it came to in the playoffs. So them signing Kim Walker, them signing Evan Fournier, and then re-signing Derrick Rose, this is very good for them. Uh, their guard rotation is absolutely fantastic. Now, how do all of these scoring pieces fit together? I don't know, because Kemba Walker is not the scorer that he used to be. We've seen the dramatic uh, decline from his Hornets days to his Celtics days into now. Uh, we, we, I, I feel like he's still a a 21-a-game scorer in the right situation. Um, I don't know how much of the right situation that's going to be, especially with the budding talent in New York. Julius Randle just signed a massive uh, contract extension. we got to talk about that. Oh, Bro uh, For Brooklyn, Kevin Durant also uh, signed a, a four-year extension, so that's 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 good on them. I'm, I'll move, their, move them up to a B-plus for that. Um, but the Knicks, you know, they got – they got a good mix of veteran talent and a strong mix of, of, of young developing talent. Um, so, honestly, I, I originally gave them a C minus um, because I didn't know how the guard talents was going to fit. I'm going to give them a B minus now only because 
in my opinion, they still do have a lot of guard talent, almost too much guard talent. You know, when you look at Kemba Walker and, and Evan Fournier and, and Derrick Rose, both of those, oh, both of them, all three of those players are, oh, okay, well, Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose are point guards first and then shooting guards, but they play more like shooting guards in, in terms of today's game. Evan Fournier, he is a shooting guard. You know, Emmanuel Quickly, um, he's a point guard. He's young, and you don't you don't want to take uh, reps away from him. You you don't want to stunt his growth by by having these 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 big name guards come in and, and basically take up his uh, his playing time. So I'm gonna give it a B minus. Um, does this make the the does this allow the Knicks to safely be in the playoffs and secure a playoff uh, a series win? Um, I don't know. They very well could still be a first round bounce. I don't know. Um, moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers. F, F, F. This has been a horrible, horrible frenzy for the 76ers. Let's not, let's not talk about the fact that they haven't done anything with Ben Simmons yet, who Ben Simmons now isn't returning any of their calls or any of their advances to try and reach him. Let's just not talk about that. They signed Andre Drummond as a backup center. They signed Andre Drummond as a backup center. That alone should tell you that this free agency has been absolutely terrible for the 76ers. And so for that, I'm gonna give him an F, and I'm not gonna go in, I'm not gonna go any more in depth. But Toronto Raptors. Um I can't necessarily name any of the moves that the Toronto Raptors have made besides, you know, they, they lost Kyle Lowry. I think it was a sign of trade. I don't know what exactly they got in return. Um, but, yeah, friends, she just, I mean, we, we, we've known for some time that this Toronto Raptors team, after the championship, um, two years after, now they're in rebuilding mode. So, hey, I don't. I feel like I'm missing something major from the the Raptors, but I don't I don't know. Um, I'm just gonna give them a C because I don't I don't think they did anything super drastic. Obviously, losing Kyle Lowry was a big thing, but um, I, I believe it was a sign trade, so they got something out of it at least. Moving on to my Chicago Bulls. Is it biased if I give us an A plus? I don't care if it is. Um, I'm gonna give the Bulls an A plus. Signing Lonzo Ball is. Absolutely huge for this offense. Not only that, but we signed DeMar DeRozan as well. So that gives us tremendous pieces um, for our offense. Our starting five just got a lot better um, with the progression of Patrick Williams. He's probably going to crack into our starting five as well. We signed a good defensive backup point guard in Alec Caruso. And who else did we sign? I always forget who the fuck else did we sign. We signed a, we signed a, a solid backup center. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Bulls basketball, and I haven't been able to say that for some time now. So, yeah. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they gave Jared Allen five years, $100 million. Besides that, I don't know what else they did, so I'm just going to give them a C. Jared Allen is a, a, a pretty good big man. He's a pretty good rebounder, pretty good shot blocker. So, I mean, there's that, but besides that, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, Detroit. I don't know what Detroit did in free agency. What did Detroit do in free agency? I don't think they did anything major in free agency. I'm going to give them a C because I, I I just can't. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they did in free agency. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, I'm going to give them a C because this is just a C team. They didn't do anything major in free agency, and they haven't done anything major in free agency in so long. So, uh, yeah, until uh, given other, you know, other other th things to say. Otherwise, they're going to get a C in my, in, in my book because this team has just been middle of the road for way too long. Either lose or win. Pick one because you're doing both, and it's not uh, looking good for this uh this organization. Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks lost a critical piece in PJ Tucker. Now you may look at me and say, hey, how's PJ Tucker critical piece? Well, all he does on all he did, and that's all he needed to do on this Bucks team was play defense. And he went to the Miami Heat. 
We'll talk about them in a few teams. Uh, but he went to Miami Heat, so yeah. Um, they also signed who else did who did they sign? They signed some free agent. Um, they lost Brent Forbes. Not very much of a big deal. Um, Bobby Portis resigned, which is a good thing. Um, but the Milwaukee Bucks they lost PJ Tucker. They signed some free agent. I'm, I'm I, I can't remember the name of the free agent, but it was it was a pretty good signing. So I'm gonna give them a B minus. Um, obviously, losing PJ Tucker in free agency isn't the best thing. But, hey, you just won a championship, and there's not a doubt in my mind that this team has the potential to possibly repeat. So you, you, you can't fault them too much on, on their free agency moves. Moving on to the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks, they shored up both of their young talent. That's basically all they did, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'll give them a B plus for, you know, doing so. Charlotte Hornets. Um, I don't know what they did in free agency. I'm going to give them a C. <laughs> Miami Heat. Now, the Miami Heat. There's a lot to talk about with the Miami Heat. So, um, let's start off with the massive overpay that is Jimmy Butler. Now, Jimmy Butler, fantastic player. Probably top 20 in the league right now. But, under no circumstances should a 36-year-old not be named LeBron James. That is not named LeBron James. Uh, be making like 40-plus million a year, he's clearly going to be severely overpaid by then. I'm all for him getting his money, but I'm going to call it like I see it. He's going to be getting super overpaid at that age. And honestly, potentially for nothing, because do we honestly think that this Miami Heat team can come out the East even with the additions that they've made? You know, the Kyle Lowry signing, big. Duncan Robinson re, uh, re-signing, five years, $90 million. I love that move. Uh, they lost Kendrick Nunn. That's a big loss. That's a big loss. They lost Kendrick Nunn to the Lakers. That is a big loss. Do we do we honestly think that this Miami Heat team can 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 make it to the finals again within this four years that Jimmy Butler's under contract? I don't know. Um, I'm gonna have to give him a B minus. The Kendrick Nunn loss was big. Um, the, Jim, the Jimmy Butler resigning is a good thing now. It's not going to be a good thing in three years. The Kyle Lowry signing is a great thing for them. Um, then moving on from Goran Dragic is also a great thing for them. So I expect this Miami Heat team to be like a top four or five seed, but uh, I don't expect anything else from them. Orlando Magic, they didn't do shit. C. Uh, Washington Wizards. Now, hear me out. I'm going to give the Washington Wizards an A. And I'm going to give them an A because they required a previous sixth man of the year in Montrez Harrell. Young talent that can still prove to be something in the NBA in Kyle Kuzma. Spencer Dinwiddie, who is a very capable guard. I would say he, he's he's very capable of starting. And KCP, who's a pretty solid 3 and D guy. You you, 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 you you mix that in with Bradley Beal, who's already still there, Rui Hachimura, who's a solid uh, solid young big man. And all they had to lose was Russell Westbrook. I'm not, I'm not mad at the moves. I'm not mad at the moves. I, for one, am all in on Kyle Kuzma being a Washington Wizard and, you know, spreading his wings and, and coming into his own as a player because and, – and this is a fact – this isn't debatable. When you play with LeBron James, you're going to have to fit LeBron James' system. There's a reason that players play with LeBron James and their career is never the same again. There's a reason for that. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to give it to Washington Wizards an A. Um, Wizards fans, I would be very excited for uh, this upcoming season, especially to see what Kyle Kuzma can do. I haven't given up on Kyle Kuzma yet. That's just me. I haven't done it yet. Um, Denver Nuggets. I give them a B plus. The one. Wait. Shit. No. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of another team. Uh, the Denver Nuggets. I give them a C minus because they lost Javale McGee, um, their backup defensive center, and they didn't do anything else in free agency. Not that I can recall. So I'm gonna give them a C. Timberwolves. I don't know what they did in free agency. I don't think they did anything in free agency. So I'm going to give them a C. Uh, the Thunder. 
I'm going to give them a C. I don't remember what they did in free agency. The Portland Trailblazers, they didn't do anything in free agency except sign some role players. So I'm going to give them an F because your superstar, your superstar, your franchise player, your best player on your team, potentially going to be, may, might go down as the best player in Blazers history, has said, hey, this team needs help. I can't do it by myself, and I'm willing to work it out. But what have you guys done for him? You've done nothing. You've done absolutely nothing. And so for that, I got to give you an F. I got to. Utah Jazz, they re-signed Mike Conley. Ooh, voice crack. <laughs> Utah Jazz, they re-signed Mike Conley. I don't know what else they did after that. I'll give them a B plus because Mike Conley is very good for this Jazz team. Golden State Warriors, you get an F because you haven't done anything. I don't know. I don't know if the front office thinks that it genuinely genuinely thinks this bringing a clay two years off of two years off of not playing an NBA game. I don't think if they think that clay alone is going to make them a championship team. Well, spoiler alert, it's not, especially not in this West. You'd be you'd be lucky to be better than the Mavericks with just clay coming back. You have to make a free agency move. You have to. And the free agency move that they did make was questionable. They traded Eric Pascal to the to the Jazz. I forgot to mention that. They traded Eric Pascal to the Jazz for a second round pick. Why? And I think cash considerations. I don't I don't know. Uh, go to the words. F. Uh, Clippers. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this uh, assuming that Reggie Jackson um, resigns with the Clippers. Uh, I'm just gonna give them a B because they. They got, they got Kawhi to stay, and hopefully if they get Reggie Jackson to stay, we, we, we can see that this is a championship team. Uh, this season, they really this, – this postseason especially, they really figured it out, and I can see them coming out the West with uh, with the healthy Kawhi next season. So, yeah. Lakers, 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 Lakers. Now, if we're being honest – if I had to give the Russell Westbrook move a grade, it would have been a D. Trading all of those young assets for uh, an aging Russell Westbrook, uh, it just didn't fit me. It, it, didn't, it didn't make sense to me. However, that did, talent-wise, at least lead to this, you know, becoming a super team. At least, at least talent-wise. With, with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook. Talent-wise, that's a super team. I don't care about any of the other um, free agents that they've signed because I'm not talking about them right now. So if I had to give that move on its own a grade, it's, a, it's getting a D. Now, them signing Carmelo Anthony, re-signing Taylor Horton Tucker, signing Malik Monk, signing Kendrick Nunn, signing uh, Dwight Howard again, signing Trevor Ariza. Yeah, this, this team is really good. However old they might be, I think that this team got exactly what they needed in free agency, and so I got to give them an A. It, it it seems it seems like it's that time again for a yearly roster shakeup with a LeBron led team. I don't know why that's such a, a trend with uh, LeBron led teams and, and roster shakeups, but hey, uh, it is. Moving on to the Phoenix Suns, I'm gonna give them a B plus. No, I'm going to give them a B minus. They re-signed Cameron Payne. They signed JaVale McGee, which is good for them. But they, oh, Chris Paul is going to be getting how much money as a 40-year-old? I think $40 million, either 40 or $30 million a year as a 40-year-old, assuming he plays that long. Do you, do you guys really think your championship window is that long? Are you really going to preserve uh, and try and, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think they're they're going to try and do something within this this window. Obviously, they think their championship window is now. Obviously, they think that they can you know make another finals run. Hopefully, they can. Hopefully, they can. Um, Sacramento Kings. I'm going to give them a D only because the Buddy Heel trade that was proposed to them didn't actually end up happening. And besides that, I don't know what the hell they did in free agency. So uh, L to them for missing out on uh, a, a good bit of assets and and, and stuff like that. Moving on to the final five teams, Dallas Mavericks, you get a C. You didn't really help Luke out that much, and you re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. He's good, but he's not great. Uh, Houston Rockets, I don't know what the hell you did in free agency. You get a C. Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. 
So the Grizzlies took on the contracts of both Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is more than likely going to get bought out. Um, Steven Adams, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, the the Grizzlies, Grayson Allen, that's who it was. Great. They also lost Grayson Allen, who went to the Bucks. Um, so for this, uh, the Grizzlies, I'm going to give them a, 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 a C minus because I don't necessarily approve of trading Jonas Valanciunas to the Pelicans for what they did, especially when. Um, you know, Valanciunas provided that spacing for John Morant. Now the the, the paint's going to get clogged by uh, by Steven Adams. So, yeah. I don't really know what that move is about. Uh, moving on to the Pelicans. I'm going to give them – it's tough because they did lose Lonzo Ball. And they didn't really get back – they didn't get much back from Lonzo Ball at all. I think they got Garrett Temple, Tomas Sonoransky, and a second-round pick. Or first round pick, one of them doesn't really matter. Um, they also got rid of the terrible contracts that were Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams, so that's a plus. They also landed Jonas Valanciunas, so that's a plus. Um, but honestly, I'm, I'm going to give them a, a net negative and say they get a they get a C minus this uh, this off season. Into the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. What can I say about the San Antonio Spurs? They lost DeMar DeRozan. They lost Patty Mills. They gained a bunch of role players back. Um, I don't know what the future of this team is going to hold. They get a D. It seemed like everyone took from them, but they didn't give them very much in this offseason. So, yeah, those are those are all of the uh, free agency ratings as of this, as of August 11th. Um, obviously, I might update in the future if, uh, you know, something drastic happens, but I don't think anything drastic is going to happen. Um, NBA Summer League is underway. Young talent, they're, they're, they're doing the young talent thing. Um, I think yet, just yesterday there was a matchup between the Pistons and the Rockets, Jalen Green and Kay Cunningham going back at it, uh, back and back and forth, back and forth. Um, so, yeah, um, Summer League is underway. I've never been a big Summer League guy. Just haven't been. I like to. I like for this off season to to be the uh, the off season. And just now, the DeRozan signing trade has become official. He is now a member of the Chicago Bulls. Thank goodness. I can rest easy knowing that uh, the the NBA isn't gonna hamper on um on our, on our parade by nullifying this signing trade by you know finding us or anything like that. Huh. And our final bit of NBA news, NBA is updating their rules to reduce the amount of foul baiting. Um, if you're not familiar with the term foul baiting, look at a Trey Young game. Um, the little the little pump fake into you know body movement that he does that draws a foul, yeah, that's not going to be called an, uh, a foul anymore. Neither is the little uh, hip check move that, 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 guards, that smaller guards do um, to draw the contact from behind and, and force up a shot. That's also not going to be a foul. Neither is the rip through, not, not the rip through, the hooking of the arm move that James Harden does when he drives to the basket. That's not going to be a foul anymore. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, potentially, we can move into the adoption of maybe some FIBA rules um, because FIBA rules are well. I would I say FIBA rules, but hopefully, we can get our referees to be somewhat more like the FIBA referees because they weren't going for any of the foul baiting shit in the Olympics. And it was a breath of fresh air to see that. Whew. I've been talking for damn near an hour without water. I need something to drink. <laughs> Lucky for me, this is our last little topic. The NFL is cracking down on taunting next season. Why? I don't know. Um, it's 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 interesting to see that you know the the one thing that the league takes serious not the safety of the players not the the officiating that has become that's gotten worse over the years no it's the taunting yes because God forbid I celebrate a touchdown by you know letting the opposing team know that hey I scored a touchdown as if they already didn't know whatever I don't care and so our final final piece of news. Um, Let's go on. I'm going I'm to go over some of the n- number changes for uh, NFL players. Obviously, if you unless you've been living under a rock, um, the NFL owners proposed a rule change as to how numbers are going to be assigned. So here are the uh, – oh, no, my 
I'll fix that later. Here are some of the rule changes as, well, here are all of the rule changes. Um, running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, uh, H-backs and receivers are allowed to wear numbers 1 through 49 and 80 through 89. Defensive backs are now allowed to wear numbers 1 through 49. Linebackers can wear numbers 1 through 59 and 90 through 99. Offensive linemen can wear numbers 50 through 79. Defensive linemen can wear num numbers 50 through 79 as well as 90 through 99. Now, um, here are some of the rule changes for, um, not rule changes, here are going to be some of the number changes that you're going to see for um, some teams. This is not, this isn't the entire uh, list because we there, there might be still some uh, some uh, people that haven't changed their number yet or are still debating on it, and there might be some to change next season. So we don't know yet. Um, Chase Edmonds, running back for the Cardinals, is going to be number two, previously number twenty-nine. Linebacker Isaiah Simmons, he is number nine, previously number forty-eight. Um, Buda Baker of the Cardinals, number three, previously number 32. Russell Gage, right receiver for the Falcons, is going to be wearing number 14, previously number 83. For the Baltimore Ravens, wide receiver Marquise Brown is going to be number wearing number five, previously number 15. Patrick Queen, number six, previously number 48. Emmanuel Sanders, signing to the Buffalo Bills, he's going to be wearing number one, previously was wearing number 17 for a different team, but he's now allowed to wear number one now. Uh, DJ Moore for the Carolina Panthers, number two, previously wearing number 12. Safety Eddie Jackson for the Chicago Bears, wearing number four, previously wearing number 39. Damian Williams. We signed Damian Williams? I didn't know that. Um, number eight, previously wearing number 25. Javon Wims, wearing number 15, previously number 83. Uh, Cleveland, Cow Cleveland Cowboys, God bless me. Uh, safety Donovan Wilson for the Dallas Cowboys wearing number six, previously wore number 37. Jalen Smith wearing number nine, previously number 54. KJ Hamler, wide receiver for the Broncos, wearing number one, previously wearing number 13. The Lions, Quentin Dunbar is going to wear number one. He previously wore number 22. Mike Ford wore number two, is wearing number two, previously wore number 38. Tyrell Williams, number six. He's, he was wearing number 16. Linebacker Jamie Collins, wearing number eight, previously number 58. Paris Campbell, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts, is going to wear number one, previously number 15. Um, interesting, interesting fact that Carson Wentz is not, um, Michael Pittman Jr. is not switching his number to allow Carson Wentz to have number 11. That's just uh, interesting. Um, Deshaun Jackson. He's going to wear number one, previously wore number 10. Robert Woods going to wear number two, previously wore number 17. Jordan Fuller, safety, wore number four. He's wearing number four, previously wore number 32. Darius Williams, he's wearing number 11, previously wore number 31. Probably the biggest name to change their numbers so far. Jalen Ramsey, he's wearing number five, previously wore number 20. Whew, for the Miami Dolphins, Albert Wilson, Will Fuller, Lynn Lynn Bowden and Alan Hearns, all wide receivers. Uh, Albert Wilson wore num is wearing number two, previously wore number 15. Will Fuller wearing number three, previously also wore number 15, but for a different team. Lynn Bowden, he's wearing number six, also previously wore number 15, but again, for a different team. And Alan Hearns wore number, wearing number eight, previously wore number 16. Cornerback Noah, cor cornerback Noah Igboengue, uh, wearing number nine, previously wearing number 23. A few more teams, and then we're done with this episode. Quarterback Patrick Peterson for the Vikings, wearing number seven, previously wore number 21 for a different team. Quarterback Jalen Mills, number two, previously wore number 21. Jawan Bentley, linebacker for the Patriots, number eight, previously worn number 51. And Matt Judon, previously of the um, Baltimore Ravens wearing number nine, previously wore number 99. Sterling Shepard of the Giants wearing number three, previously wore number 87. Darius Slay of the Eagles wearing number two, previously wore number 24. Akella Witherspoon, cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks wearing number two, previously wore number 23. Quandre Diggs, number six, previously wore number 37. Carlos Dunlap, edge rusher, number eight, previously wore number 43. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette, wearing number seven, previously wore number 28. And last, but certainly not least, wide receiver Julio Jones of the Tennessee Titans is wearing number two,
previously wore number 11 for the Atlanta Falcons. Number 11 is currently held by A.J. Brown. Now, what does this mean? This means that you're going to have to get used to a lot more numbers as time goes by because we're, we're, only, seeing them, we're only seeing the first batch now, but these uh, players coming out of the college and stuff like that, they're going to have access to these new numbers. So... Um, get ready because you're going to be seeing a whole lot of different numbers at a whole lot of positions. It might look uh, might look weird for a little minute, but trust me, you'll get used to it. And with that being said, this has been this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I give you guys an hour and five minutes. You better be grateful, damn it. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is uh, the second to last episode that I am recording back home in Oakland before I go back to school. And so when I go back to school. Um, uh, hopefully this, hopefully the audio setup should just be, um, a little bit better, but, um, you never know. So, um, thank you for tuning in and, uh, tune in next week. Bye.